This episode is proudly sponsored by Podcorn. Tacos, as you may have noticed, we've gotten a few sponsors under our belts, and that's thanks to Podcorn. Podcorn is an amazing marketplace connecting podcasters to sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Not only am I able to pitch to potential sponsors, but Podcorn has connected us with opportunities as well. Better yet, there is no middleman. We collaborate directly with brands and podcasters of all audience sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform and set their own rates. Podcorn is here to support us at every step to ensure that we're protected and compensated for our work that we do for our brands. Podcorn is perfect for us because of the transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. If you're also a podcaster, click the link in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. One in three women have experienced sexual assault and one in six men. Think about all the women you know in your life. A third of those women you know have been sexually assaulted and you don't know their stories. So many times our mothers, aunts, sisters, daughters, nieces, and friends don't share it because of the unnerving shame worn like a scarlet letter. That's why women so often keep it to themselves, because when women do speak out and tell their story, it's often met with backlash pointing the blame at her instead of the assailant or rapist, who is just being a guy. I am one of those three women, but tonight we are not talking about my story, but the story of Daisy Coleman, who was harassed, stalked, and run out of the town that should have supported her. The beautiful, brave, and inspiring Daisy, this one's for you. Tonight we have a special episode because... Nicole's going to tell it for us. So make your daddy proud. Please don't say that, Ooh. ever. <laughs> that was weird, even for me. Please don't ever. over here. Yeah. I'm like, have... Cringe. Ugh. Yeah, gross. Ugh, nasty. Nasty. You know, there was this one time in college when... Um, it was when I was in Belgium where this girl who... She was American and was in our, you know, group. She actually... It was the first and I think only time I've ever heard her refer to somebody as a daddy and meant it in a sexual way. And I was like, oh, now I know that you're the type of person that uses that. And I feel even weirder about you. Do you have her number still? <laughs> uh, all right, it's Mama, just come weird. on. Ew, don't. Oh, my God. So gross. Stop. So... Tonight, we are going to talk about a case that was popular when this documentary first came out on Netflix, and it is pretty popular again based on some recent events. Um, Jen, did you ever watch the documentary called Audrey and Daisy? No. Ooh. I've never heard of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. What is it about? It came out, I want to say, two years ago. I never heard it either before this. Really? I... Oh, I, re I actually specifically remember asking you if you wanted to watch it, or maybe I was watching it one, like, weekend morning, 
and you're like, oh, I can't believe you're, you're watching this. This is depressing. Oh, really? and, I, and Yeah, I, I really remember watching it for the first time. It had just come out, um, and I had heard a whole lot of buzz from it. It was a Sundance film festival, you know, debut, you know, premiered, whatever. I don't really know how film festivals work. And it had gotten a lot of positive press, so I was really excited to watch it. And I had not watched it since until yesterday morning. Is that when we watched this? No. Yes. Well, yeah. 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 We was like, what? What day is it? Um, until we watched it, John watched it with me yesterday, and um, forgot just how just fucked up the whole thing is. But it is about. Um, sexual assault of mm. two girls and two different stories. Um, it is a fantastic documentary. I definitely recommend it, Jen. Okay. So one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to cover this case is because um, one of uh, one of the subjects of the documentary actually just recently committed suicide um, last week. So it's it's an important case it's an important topic it's always been important not just because of um what's just happened um and so we wanted to talk about it and we've also got a special guest on our episode savannah she um she has watched this documentary six times wow um so she is she's a, a mother of young girls and thinks that this is an important documentary for girls and boys to watch because you really get to see how, one, how it can be difficult to say when you've been sexually assaulted, what happens as backlash when you are sexually assaulted, and the shame and bullying and just awful, awfulness um, that the victims can go through um, as part of this. It's it's a really, really powerful documentary. So, John, do you want to talk about her her suicide since that is kind of what's bringing this back to the discussion table. So guys, if you are new here, I put all my sources and all the photos on talkmurder.com. So be sure to go there. I do want to say before we kind of like go any further that apparently Daisy, and we talked about this in a little bit, <clears throat> she did have a stalker leading up to the time of her death. So we don't know if that's related to the initial story or not. I could not find the stalker's name, but we do know that she, Daisy goes to the police the morning that she kills herself because the stalker was showing up at her door, beating on her door. He had put her number on Craigslist with an ad that says, you know, call me for sex and all this stuff. Mm. But we don't know the stalker's name. It has not been released, and I'm still trying to find it. But I want to throw mm. that out there just in case someone's like, oh, it, she didn't kill herself because of the rape or whatever. And we're still trying yeah. to go down that and find who the stalker is and everything else. That's Daisy Coleman. So she was uh, had moved to Colorado, um, and this whole incident takes place in Missouri, which we'll talk a lot about. 
Uh, but she had moved to Chicago. She was working as a tattoo artist at the time. Um, she had founded an organization that we'll certainly talk a bit about. And she was going through EMDR therapy, which I don't know anything about. I don't know if you've ever. No, I don't. That doesn't sound familiar. I know it's um, it's like rapid eye movement. They like put something in front of your eyes and stuff. And, and I think it also has to do with sounds. So she was undergoing therapy for her PTSD based on this incident and seemingly, you know, uh, doing really well. She was also in production for another documentary about her like recovery um, from a really dark time called Saving Daisy. Mm-hmm. And they do still plan to release that documentary, um, which which is great. I hope they do. So, John, tell us about what. You were kind of taught growing up, like what's from your perspective and your, I don't want to use the word you're a different generation because that sounds really mean. <laughs> don't mean it to sound oh like that. God. But you are in a bit of a different generation of uh, yeah, the I'm, kids in this documentary and today and where even y'all. there's social media and like texting and sexting all over the place now. But when a girl's drunk at a party or when you're, I mean, this is also they're underage at this point. Like, what's the guy's, what are you taught as a guy growing up? What's right and wrong to to handle girls if they maybe get a little too intoxicated? Well, number one, girls have cooties. So <laughs> let's just throw that out there. Well, so I yes. try to stay, you know, a fair distance away from them. Yes, this is true. The most powerful thing that I heard in that documentary was, I can't remember who said it, but the woman said, basically, Daisy was raped by the wrong boy, mm. meaning that what? she was raped by the, the um, what was he? <laughs> he was a judge, an honorable judge or something. Uh, he was a state representative. State repres- he was representative. A, the guy, the guy's Matt Barnett's grandfather. Yeah, he, and a political figure, and very powerful in the community. So, you know, she was raped by the wrong boy, obviously, because they walked completely free. And the more we did, the more we dug into it, it almost warrants a real trial because it was not handled right. Um, So first, I want to start by reading uh, a statement that was posted um, after Daisy Coleman took her own life about a week ago. We are devastated to share with all of our inspiring supporters that we have suffered an irreplaceable loss. Our co-founder and sister, Daisy Coleman, ended her life by suicide today. As many of you know, she struggled with healing for many years and had been making incredible progress But healing is never a straight path and can often have setbacks. But she would want you all to know how much she loved this work and all of you who have joined us in it. Nothing inspired her more than knowing that she could help other survivors and work to prevent sexual violence. We want you to know that our entire team is here to support you as we all grieve this loss. We want to remember Daisy for the incredible person she was and the legacy she's given us with Safe Bay. We will continue to do the work she was so proud of and dedicated to building. We will be posting pictures of her and her element. Beautiful, proud, brave, outspoken, badass Daisy. Just from the pictures that you showed me, I mean, that those words definitely seem to 
describe her. Like if I was looking at a picture and I read those words, I would say, yeah, that seems accurate. I mean, I don't know anything about her yet, but. Well, she was 23 when she killed herself, which is sad. Oh, I mean, and gosh. this incident happened when she was 14. So. <sighs> so that was what? Eight years. I'm not good at math. Seven um, years. Nine years. Nine mm-hmm. years. Nine. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot sooner because she had tried to kill herself numerous times. The brother talks about finding her with her wrist cut, mm-hmm. overdosed. There's been numerous occasions when she the... tried. So now she was successful at the suicide. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for this stalker, I mean, she was on to great things and not that she uh, moved on. I will certainly not say that because you'll understand why in a little bit. Um she turned a, an awful situation into something amazing and empowering and helped so many other girls. So, um, and she's, she can still help a lot of girls. Catherine Daisy Coleman. Um, she was born March 30th, 1997 and passed August 4th, 2020. Coleman was born to Melinda and Michael Coleman Her mother was a veterinarian, and she supported the family while her husband, Michael, went through med school, residency, etc., and she joked in the documentary Audrey and Daisy that she had babies every 20 months. Hmm. So Audrey was one of four, but she was the only girl, so she had three brothers. Um, Charlie, who is her oldest brother, was featured quite a bit in the documentary, But she also had two other brothers who were not featured in the documentary. So her father was a physician and he tragically died in a car accident in 2009. Um, The car had skidded over black ice and flipped into a ravine. The rest of the kids in the car did survive. I want to say right quick that um, apparently when you slide on ice, Mm -hmm. what they call hydroplaning, Mm -hmm. I guess. On water, yeah. Yeah, on water or ice. You actually double your speed. So oh, wow. if you're going 60 or 70 miles an hour, now you're going 140 miles an hour. It's, it's a rough estimate, uh-huh. but it's, you accelerate the car because there, there's no grip anymore. Yeah, there's no traction because you're yeah. not on the road. You're exactly. on the surface. Her brother, Charlie, was a classmate of her rapist, Daisy's rapist, Matt Barnett. So we'll talk about all those who were involved in this. Her other two brothers, like I said, they were not in the documentary, but her youngest brother, Tristan, also died in a car accident much more recently in 2018 when he was just 18. So really, really tragic. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine what the mother. Oh, oh my God. God. I know. Jeez. Um. So the family lived in Albany, Missouri, until not long after their father, Michael, died in that car accident. Um, they wanted something new. Uh, they wanted to be close enough where they could see their friends if they wanted to. But they decided to move to Maryville, Missouri, which was about an hour away. So it was a little bit of a bigger town, considered very safe to live in, excellent sports teams, And at least for their older brother, Charlie, it seemed like it would be the perfect town. But it was almost like the town turned against them. Oh, no. Can I ask a question? Sure. Now, the the documentary is called Audrey and Daisy. Who is Audrey? 
Or is that matter? Are we going to talk about that? We we will talk about Audrey. That's a great question. Um, so while Daisy is kind of top of mind right now, um, I we will still cover Audrey's story. So the documentary goes over two different cases, and and they don't know each other at all. So okay. it's it's like are they, they're not the cases they're not, are related not related at all. Totally unrelated, <laughs> but you'll see similarities, and it's interesting because it's almost like the Daisy story shows the survival aspect Mm -hmm. whereas Audrey's almost doesn't so it's more of a documentary about kind of like rape culture or sexual assault culture yeah yeah I've seen that word a lot lately doing this story I've never seen that word before probably because I'm a guy but rape culture I've never seen that until I started doing this story rape culture and I was like what is that you know it's it just sounds so weird, doesn't it? Rape well, culture. I mean, rape is weird. I know, like, I know, but like having a culture, you know. Well, well I think it's you know helped in part by the Me Too movement. Yeah. And, but I just there never is, seen that word before. Stigmatized, and yeah. we'll talk a lot about the sheriff and what he thinks about the word. Yeah. yeah. I just never seen that before, yeah. and it's probably because I'm a guy, and so if I see something about this in the news, I'm probably not going to go read it and stuff. Not that I don't care about it, but I'm a guy. Well, so. it, it affects, probably shouldn't, but it does. It, I feel like it affects men differently than it does women. Oh, 100%. Oh, hell Because yeah. women, I feel, they, and I'm not saying that men cannot be victims, but more likely women are victims, so they feel, you know, we we might feel more inclined to read up on it. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? You know? Well, it's it is one in three women are sexually assaulted. Right. So uh, this is an article that she wrote to X X O Jane X O Jane. Thank you. Um, and it is what happened from her perspective, in her words, to this article or to this magazine. Paige is my okay. best friend. Watching scary movies was always our thing. So that's how we kicked off our night, along with alcoholic beverages. My mom didn't know we were drinking, and I was not supposed to be. She was 14? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That night I was texting with a boy that my older brother had warned me about, but I didn't listen. Looking back, I wish I did. It wasn't until later that night that Matt, a popular senior boy, had asked to hang out. Of course, I knew my brothers wouldn't allow this, so we had to sneak out. It was about one in the morning when my friend and I climbed out of my bedroom window. I was not interested in Matt romantically. I considered him my older brother's friend. Can I just say one thing right quick, Nicole? As she just read from the uh, article, just to uh, reiterate, Daisy is a sister of Charlie, and Charlie is older, and he is in the same grade as Matt Barnett, the guy that will eventually rape Daisy. So it's basically... Matt Barnett, because he's such a fantastic guy, behind his best friend's back, he is texting his younger sister. That's what type of guy this is. Well, he wasn't Matt and but they Charlie, were on the same team. Well, yeah, they yeah they they knew each other, but he was best friends with some of the other guys that was there. Yeah, but he was very cautious. Charlie did not like Matt. Before this happened. So Matt Barnett, the rapist, 
is texting this 14 year old girl. It's it's fucking gross, dude. I mean, 17 I being, and 14. Yeah. No, dude, I remember being 17. I would never text a fucking 14 year old. That's like senior versus freshman. My, yeah. my family would be like, what the fuck are you doing, you pedophile? Like, yeah. are you fucking high? This dude, oh, this dude makes me fucking absolutely sick. I mean, it's. He needs to be castrated. It's one thing if you're in college and you're a senior and a freshman, which is still kind of weird. But like, you're both adults in that scenario. Right. But she's for she's like literally a, a child, and you're you've already gone through puberty, and like you're like about to embark on your life as a you know whatever your football player or whatever. Like, like no, like she's a kid, she's a child, it's and like, and her friend Paige is thirteen and in eighth grade. Who so, she's with, and you these want seventeen-year-olds, which are basically high school adults, seniors, high school, high school seniors, seniors, are hanging out with a fucking thirteen and a fourteen-year-old, an eighth grader and a freshman. So when Nicole goes over all these guys and their real names, and we give out their real addresses and phone numbers and put all this stuff on there, it's for one reason because these guys are walking on the streets. Some of them have girlfriends and wives, and they need to be outed as what they are: fucking pedophile pedophilic sex offenders their name should be as known i mean it's important to know the victims names Mm -hmm. of course daisy coleman um is uh is a name that i want everybody to know and remember in addition to Paige parkhurst uh their voices and stories need to be heard but you also need to know that matt barnett is a rapist nicholas grammatis jordan zeck cole Forney uh, were all present, and they're they're younger than us, right? They're like um, the well the Daisy is certainly younger than us. Yeah, they're a little bit young. They would be a little bit younger like than two us or three too. Younger. Yeah, they would be about two or three years younger than us. Two two years younger. Yeah. Matt picked us up in a black car and drove us to his house. He had to sneak us through the basement window. There were bedrooms and a living room area in the basement. I sat on the couch and gathered familiar faces from the room. Four of Matt's friends were there. Matt emerged from one of the bedrooms with a bottle of clear alcohol he wanted me to drink. This is when one of Matt's friends suggested I drink from a tall shot glass, which they labeled the bitch cup. You have to be snuck through a basement window. That's probably not (laughs) going to be a good time. Yeah, no shit. Also, the bitch cup? Like, kids are so stupid. And in the documentary, she estimates... That she probably she was she was drunk before she left, right? Because they were drinking, and she estimates that she probably had about eleven shots while she was there. Eleven, because it was pure alcohol in the bitch cup. The bitch cup is like five shots. They were kind of taunting her, and she's like, you know, I've got all brothers. I'm not going to take this shit. And she, you know. To drink like, the booze. I don't even think that I could do 11 shots now. Yeah, Matt Matt Barnett was basically trying to get her they hammered were, so he right. could yeah. rape her. They were, he's like, yeah, he's getting all was, horny. Yeah, take the shot. Gross. They thought God, it was I can't funny. wait. They thought it was funny no, to they humiliate didn't. a freshman. They, they did, but mostly it was Matt Barnett. It's like, yeah, I want to rape her. I can't wait. Take the shot. I can't wait to rape you. That's basically what he was doing. Why else would you give a fucking 14-year-old five or six shots in a row 11 shots that's what he's thinking he's like man if she gets drunk i can fucking rape her dude is fucking serious about five shots tall i drank it i guess i didn't know how badly it would mess me up but the boys who gave it to me did 
Then it was like I fell into a dark abyss. No light anywhere, just dark, dense silence, and cold. That's all I could ever remember from that night. Apparently, I was there for not even an hour before they discarded me in the snow. They threw her in the snow. They took her back home and threw her in her front yard. So she was so intoxicated that she could not speak and form sentences, and she couldn't stand and walk on her own. So when they dropped her off, so remember, this is a span of an less than an hour that they're there. So she's having... Five to 11 shots, guesstimating, um, while she was there, when she was already drunk. She is too drunk to speak and form sentences and walk on her own. So she can't give consent. So she... <laughs> well, exactly. she's not old enough to give consent, technically, right? In, in, that- in the state of Missouri, the age of consent is 14. Oh, so she was technically... So she was technically... Yeah, but but you can't, consent. if you're all fucked up, you can't give Ex- consent. Exactly. So this that is the whole crux of the case. Well, even if she could, like, for... Like, even if she had alcohol in her system, if she literally cannot form sentences or stand, like... Mm-hmm. So Paige goes into the house. Now, she is separated because she, Paige, is raped while she is there as well by the minor who is there, who is 15. So Paige, who is 13, is raped by the unnamed male who is 15 who's at the house. We don't know who that person is. And so Paige does make it inside, but Daisy is asleep in, in the snow. Left to die. Essentially, yeah. That is attempted murder because the sheriff will say she's very lucky and we'll read the quote that he said in a minute, but she's very lucky that she didn't die because a lot of people do. So throwing her out there, they wanted her to just die. Well, yeah. Think back to the Shanika Jenkins story where she ended up in the freezer and and died. Yep. So it's probably so if they snuck her out at one in the morning, it's probably about two in the morning. By the time she is back in front of the house. Like discarded like a piece of trash. Matt Barnett's like, I done raped her. Fuck it. I've like a used Kleenex. Oh, gross. I've done what I wanted to with this. And they carried her out back out the basement window. You know what I mean? So threw her into the on her front lawn. Here you go. How here's take this. Sorry. This guy makes me fucking sick. And I cover a lot of sick people, dude. And this guy is on the top of the list. So this is from the Daily Mail from um, I love the Daily Mail from October seventeenth two thousand. Oh shit! Sorry. From October seventeenth two thousand thirteen. In recent days, the Barnett family has come under intense scrutiny, particularly Matthew's grandfather Rex Barnett, who used to sit in the Missouri House of Representatives. He has denied using his influence to have the charges against the boys in this case dropped. But in an interview, he simply dismissed the events of the night as a case of incorrigible teenagers just doing what they wanted to do. That's a quote. Adding, there weren't any consequences. Quote. Matthew's father, 52, added, There are hundreds of cases across the nation. My kid is being assassinated. The way this has all been spun up, for example, my son being a football star, he was not a football star. He was a backup. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, Matt Barnett, the wow. fucking the bench warmer rapist. His name is Rex Barnett. He served 32 years with the Missouri Highway Patrol Troop H. And in 1994, he was elected as state representative. He was a Republican serving four terms before leaving the House in 2002. He also has political ties to the prosecutor of the case, the one that decided it's best to drop the case altogether. Barnett's granddaughter worked as a volunteer on the campaign of U.S. Representative Sam Graves, who also employs Rice's sister as an aide in con- constituent services. The fact that, like, the pro- the prosecutor didn't recuse themselves, that's, I mean, I obviously haven't got, we haven't gotten there yet, but. They should open the case back up and have it done correctly. Now, I will say they did have another um, jurisdiction review it because this case got huge. Anonymous um, blasted this town for their cover up. And so they did take a second organization Mm -hmm. anonymous. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, And so they did have a second prosecutor in a different jurisdiction review the case. um, And it didn't yield a much better outcome. So going back to the night they threw her in the snow, the sheriff, which I can't believe he retained his office ship after the documentary, mm-hmm. and apparently he's up and running for re-election current, Oh, currently. wonderful. Well, we haven't even gotten into how bad he's, he is yet. Oh, have you seen his re-election Facebook oh, page? Oh, yeah. He's such oh, a my swell God. guy. Yeah. Everyone's just bombarding his Facebook page. With pictures of Daisy. <laughs> it's, I mean, Good. as they should. Yeah, no, I know. But, and yeah. I'll put that on the website, obviously, for y'all to do the same. But I do want to say, he said, quote, We're very lucky, the sheriff told the newspaper in nearby St. Joseph. It was very cold in the 30s, and people die laying out in the cold like that. So these boys basically left her to die, they left her for dead. She could have died. Oh, yeah. And it's, she's very lucky that she, she could have died. And you know what? The circum, the case would have turned out probably the exact same. They probably would not have been charged with anything mm. if she did Maybe. die. And didn't so. they say in the documentary that when Daisy's mom found her, her hair was frozen to the ground? <gasps> yes. Yes, they did. And like, mm. I mean, of course, this documentary was awful to watch before I was a mother. But now that, and you know, it should be to anybody, but now that I have three daughters, like, I just can't imagine walking outside and finding your daughter almost frozen to the ground. And I'm reading this from the Kansas City Star, October 12th, 2013. It says about Matthew Barnett. It says, quote, two of the rapists are now members of Northwest Missouri State University athletic teams, which mm-hmm. they did drop out. And Barnett is rolled at the University of Central Missouri, his grandfather's alma mater. No, I don't think the other boys dropped out. I think only Matt did. Oh, only Matt did. Based on his Twitter account, this is the rapist, Matt Barnett. Based on Matt Barnett's Twitter account before it was locked to non-friends, the events of the past two years haven't dampened his enthusiasm for the opposite sex. In a recent retweet, he expressed his views on women and their desire for his sexual attentions this way. Quote, if her name begins with A, B, D, C, all, all the letters of the alphabet spelled out, 
if her name begins with any of those letters, comma, she wants the D, and D is capitalized. So that that is the guy that we're dealing with. Yeah. So has he learned anything? No. No, yeah. and they're not exactly. going to learn anything because they get away with it. I, I skipped C. Okay. No, you said well, you C after D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A, B, D, C. I was, I was like, th- uh, I was thinking of A, C, D, C. Yeah, sure <laughs> you were. Sure. A, B, D, C. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Matt Bartett is obviously the, the one who raped Daisy, but there are others who were, were present. Like we said, there were there were a lot of her older brother Charlie's classmates that were there. And so, wasn't her best friend also raped that night? Yes, her best friend Paige was also r- raped. So there were four boys. Well, Paige was her name. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. So there were. F- and she was 13. Yes. So there were four boys um, plus another unnamed boy who was also a minor. So there was Matt Barnett, Nicholas Grammatis, Jordan Zeck, and Cole Forney. So those were all boys that were, um, you know, 17, 18 years old, seniors and peers of Daisy's older brother, Charlie. There was another boy who is unnamed um, because he was 15 and was also a minor. And that 15-year-old raped Paige's or raped Daisy's friend Paige, who was 13 at the time. How old was Matthew Barnett at the time? 17. Oh, my God. And he knew, he stated in his interrogation video that he knew that Daisy was 14. Now, the age of consent in the state of Missouri is 14. That's the biggest reason why they didn't pursue the case. That's the biggest reason or the fact well, that... Well, no, no, no. That's what, they, that's what they were able to say is that the age of consent, consent is here and they were supposedly unable to prove that she was into- that intoxicated prior to having sex with Matt or prior to being raped by Matt is really the appropriate word. Yeah, really. I do want to play a couple of clips. They contest that her blood alcohol level that they wouldn't have known or that she couldn't have been that drunk and she was consenting for the the sexual act. But according to the medical records, her blood alcohol content had to have been very close to blood poisoning level. About 10 till 5 in the morning, I heard something outside. And we got to the front door and Daisy was laying in the yard. She had um, just sweatpants and a t-shirt on and her hair was wet and it was frozen to the ground. And we carried her in and wrapped her in a blanket and we were trying to warm her up. And she was not unconscious, but not really conscious. She couldn't speak. She couldn't really move or answer any questions. So I started filling my tub up with like cool water and I had started to kind of undress her and I noticed that she was really, really red in places, like in her groin and thigh area. That was the thing that kind of made me think maybe something else had happened. We did do a blood alcohol level on her It came back 134.9. 
I mean, it tells very clearly that at the time they dropped her in the yard, just based on half-life, she had to be close to comatose. She had to have been close to blood poison level. I don't know what the BAC translation to that, but I, I did see in another post that it was about 0.13 BAC. That's what that translates to. Again, still hours later. So that's huge. That's a very, yeah. that would be a very serious blood alcohol level. Even when the mom finds her, she still can't really walk or speak on her own. You know what I mean? Like, that shows well, how drunk she must have yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, not to mention she's been laying out in the snow for hours. Yeah. It's lucky that her mom thought to, you know, like, had a familiarity of, like, how to take care of her. Because if I found my daughter in the snow... I don't know what I would do. Well, I mean, obviously, I would probably, like, take her to the hospital right away. But at least she had the, the the wherewithal to put her in the cool water mm-hmm. and try to get her back up to normal. Because, you know, some people don't know how to, to take care of temperature and stuff. Like, I don't know if in that moment. I wouldn't moment, have known that. In that moment, I'm, I mean, I feel like I've learned, I learned that before when I was in athletic training school. But I don't know. If I would think of that, I would be like, oh, my God, get her in a hot shower, you know, and then right. but then that would put her in a state of shock. And, and I don't know. Um, and so it's interesting. At the start of this documentary, I thought, wow, I kind of forgot some of, you know, the atrocities of this documentary. Because I was thinking, oh, my gosh, they interviewed these kids real quick. They roped them up. Good job. You know, good job, police. And I actually think that the, whoever did the interrogation was pretty darn good. He played yeah. good cop, bad cop all by himself. Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to play mm-hmm. a clip of that, too. Hang on. Why don't you tell me about, just tell me about the party last night in your basement. There was three guys there. Three guys. Okay, who was that? Uh, I don't know, like his name, so. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and we're all just chilling there, just watching Netflix. But I'm, I'm assuming that it's about about yeah. Okay. But she she came over. She texted me, wanted to hang out, and she came over, and we picked them up, and them. She had a friend with her. I don't know her friend's name. Okay, that's cool. safely home that's good good cop yeah he sounds really intelligent the kid sounds like a moron what are you talking about you think he sounds intelligent why do you think that 
as being sarcastic. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say. I was like, really? This you think kid... he's like got this whole thing? I did think he it was interesting. Like a box of rocks, dude. Yeah, like he and, literally and can like, barely get any words out. He's like, like mumbling and everything. And, and I mumble, like, but you can hardly he's in in intelligible is and really like, what it is. He he thought of a really good story though about her being upset and crying and that's why she was too upset to walk. She was too upset to walk. Cause you know uh uh, like a caveman. Yes. <laughs> when you picked her up at her house, was she drunk? I, I want to say drunk. I think buzz. She was, yeah, buzz. Did she drink some at your house? Yeah, a little bit. Alcohol. Yeah, just in your basement. Bit. Okay, yeah, that's cool. No, I mean, it was it. I'm not here to yeah. throw stones. I'm just yeah. trying to get to the bottom line. Yeah, this, I think she only had like. Like two shots. Oh my gosh! Only two shots. Like you mean two bitch cups full of like right. twelve yeah. shots? Yeah. Like well, you probably can't count, right? Because he's like not a Fred Flintstone. Yeah, he's not a football star either. He just plays basketball. He's a bitch. So the that bitch but- rapist. I just want to say right quick when he says when we were having sex. I mean th- that seems like. Both parties. Yeah, are no. In when it. you were having, when sex. you were having sex, when you were with raping her, a th- a unconscious fourteen-year-old. I, I just wanted to correct his language. Yeah, this guy should be on um, Chris Hansen. Yeah, How to Catch a Predator. Catch a Predator. Great show, by the way. I mean, he admitted right then there that he had sex with a fourteen-year-old, and he he knew that she was fourteen. He certainly uh, arranged the story. The only thing that I think the um, interrogator didn't do great is I felt like he was leading him on a couple of questions, which was like, did she ask, did she, did she say no um, before you had sex with her? And um, was she drunk out of her mind? It almost felt like he led her, he led him a little bit, but overall I thought he did a good job in the way that he got him to talk. This is the thing that. That always comes up is how drunk were they? Were they too drunk? Did they say no? Were they too drunk to say no? You know, it's always the questions about what they did. Exactly. And if and Daisy says she blacked out. And sometimes when you black out, you go on autopilot and you really have no idea what you are doing. I mean, she was so drunk. She slept on the ground all night outside of her house in freezing temperatures. Right. Right. Exactly. That That is ex- exactly to say how drunk was she. She was drunk enough where she was totally fine sleeping outside in the snow. Can you imagine yeah. if this guy gets married and has a daughter or something? I mean, and you know he's going to try to hide it from oh, his yeah. wife or whatever. I, you cannot hide this name. I mean, it's a common name. I don't know. but But he... He's probably gonna convince her that he's different now and that oh he wouldn't God. do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, were they too drunk to say no? It's like I feel like when I was that age, I would, I wouldn't know what I'm saying no to. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's I a good mean, point. I know you know in middle school they had their like in eighth grade they we had our you know human body like little video health thing, but like, I wouldn't under I wouldn't understand that. You know, I have. I would have no idea, and and also know, when you're in that situation, it's it like it's you like freeze almost. You're like I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah. 
This episode is brought to you by Relationship Hero. Relationship Hero is a company founded with a mission of helping people successfully overcome their relationship challenges. Relationship Hero matches you with coaches who specialize in areas where you need help, and their coaches provide actionable advice that's personalized to your situation. They are especially great at helping you write the best texts to send to your significant other. Their coaches are fantastic, certified, and available 24-7 for ongoing support along your journey. Relationship Hero helps thousands of people every day navigate their dating, relationships, breakups, and more. There's also classes and group coaching to help you navigate the wild world of dating in today's world, like how to spot the red flags of a narcissist, something you may want to brush up on with all your true crime listening, or get personalized coaching about your relationship and situation with one-on-one consulting. Relationship Hero is the number one relationship coaching service. Go to relationshiphero.com slash murder to not only support Talk Murder to Me, but to get $50 off your first one-hour coaching session. That's relationshiphero.com slash murder. So there was also a potential video of this, which would have certainly helped prove the case. Um, So apparently Nick Gramatis' cell phone was used, and I'm using all their names because just like Brock Turner, everybody should, I know it's all about the victim, Daisy Coleman, Audrey Pott, and it's important to say their names, Paige Parkhurst as a victim, but you should also know if you use who these monsters are. Um, and besides the documentary, they all every any names need to be told. Like, there's so many still out there that people haven't called out for the BS that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And if their names were out there and people actually believed them, things like this could probably be prevented more. Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. Because I think, oh, it's not gonna get out there. It's not gonna hurt my employer. It's not gonna hurt you know, all of these opportunities, but you start putting the names out there, it just might. Especially if they think that when, you know, oh, well, I was only 15, I was only, you know, 17, I was just a stupid kid. Like, no. It matters no matter how old you yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. So Nick Gramatis' cell phone was used to record a video, but he claimed that he thought they were just dry humping. But in the interrogation video... He says that both of their pants were off. So, yes, that he, he acknowledged that they were nude. Uh, but he did delete the video after it was reportedly passed around school. In the interrogation video, only the four people or five people who were at the house saw the video. So that's a little unclear. Um, but that was never retrieved by law enforcement. Even with forensics, they couldn't, couldn't, they couldn't retrieve get the video from the phone. They had the phone, but they couldn't get it. It's crazy with that that many people passing it around that it disappeared, like, that all of them actually deleted it or got rid of it somehow. I just really wonder how, how well they searched for it. Well, I mean, and this is back in, what year was this? 2009? 2013. Yeah. 2013. So, when... <laughs> 
I mean, it, it's one thing to like send a file back then, but now, t- today, it's so much easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I've had to deal with at the school a, a couple different cases where you know there were pictures of one of one of the students that people they'll just airdrop like one of the students a student will be in the cafeteria and just airdrop it to anyone oh my god and like airdrop what nude photos photos. of himself no of a a student they took it you know somebody sent a picture and they then they sent it around and and everyone gets it yeah one of my one of my students it would it happened on the bus like someone airdropped photos to everyone that was on the bus and I would like, not want to be a kid in today's no, world. I would absolutely not. It's crazy. That's part of the reason why I don't want to have kids. Is like I cannot imagine raising a child in a world that does all of this stuff. Oh no way! Well, I guess, you know it was like all over that school. Well, I guess they're implying that it never left that cell phone. Like it wasn't sent yeah. anywhere. Oh, I it guess. was only on that cell. Only on that cell phone. Sup- supposedly. Whether that's true or not, I'm not really sure. But that's what they are. That's the story. So, like I said, I uh, I was thinking, forgetting that I had seen this documentary before, like, wow, the, the, the interrogator did a really good job, you know, getting this guy to talk and, and admit some things. That's great. And then we get into insert foot in mouth over and over and over the sheriff. The sheriff, Darren White, reelect Darren White. Just kidding. Don't reelect Darren White. Please. Is he still a sheriff? Yeah, but he's um he's going up for reelection. And there's a guy named I think it ran I think Randy Strong is the opponent, and hopefully he wins because one of his and I did a little bit of research on his campaign. One of the um, positions he's taking is the uh, sexual abuse angle you know to try to stop that lower that a little bit and then this guy darren white what a fucking idiot i mean this guy needs to be given parking tickets after the documentary yeah um i mean he needs to be given parking tickets being paul, paul blart is <laughs> paul blart too, uh, too he looks like him. paul blart i would not even trust this guy to be a meter reader literally Lovely Rita, meter maid. he would fuck it up somehow Somehow he would fuck it up we'll read and lose the city money. He, somehow this guy would fuck up counting quarters. One of the parts that people have really blown out of proportion in this entire case. This is the sheriff. Is that everybody wants to throw the word rape out there. It's, a, it's very popular. The rape, the Maryville rape, the Coleman rape. Nothing that occurred that night ever, ever rose to the level of the elements of the crime of rape. So what does he think it was? What does he think it was? He's just ignorant. He is one of those he is one of those people who thinks women are liars and that um you know boys will be boys. That is his mentality. That is his mentality. Whether whether we agree with this or not, the people of that age in the state of Missouri can have consensual sex. Forcible compulsion is the primary component the crime of rape. And, you, and you, you know, it's just not there. So forcible compulsion doesn't apply if you have sex with somebody who's unconscious or semi-conscious? Well, see, now that's a whole... 
oh another <laughs> element for lawyers and legislators and people like that to to figure out. Um, isn't it your job as sheriff to like <laughs> arrest people for committing a crime? <laughs> Which he claims he did do. You know, they rounded up the kids within four hours of, you know, the crime. But it's, you know, I mean, this is where you really have to think about the elements of the case. And a second prosecutor did also deny that uh, or denied pressing charges on sexual assault. Um, but when you, because of a lack of evidence, supposedly. What about her blood alcohol content? Level? Exactly. That, so was that not evidence? So what they are, what I know, I know. Like you would think that knowing that she was there for an hour, not an if you're hour, the hour. If you not if you're the bench rapist, but if if she is there for an hour and her blood alcohol con, blood alcohol content was that high. I would think that that is enough evidence in addition to, I don't know, a personal fucking testimony that this happened to me and not, she had a witness page. But not just that, right? like in the in the interrogation, the the kid said that she was drunk. He said, yep, he said that oh, Well, she was tips. She was buzzed and had maybe one or two more shots. It doesn't matter. She's under the influence of alcohol. She cannot consent. Uh huh. <sighs> I know. This this I need to watch this documentary. It, this is enraging. It, yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. Like, so, like there in, in if it were tried in front of a jury, I do think he would have gotten a conviction because in in less than an hour, her blood alcohol content was near blood poisoning levels. To say, oh, she got drunk after they had sex. That's what they're trying to say. Basically, is that she she got blasted after. And and that's why they're not going to pursue those charges. So this is like, oh, my God, this drove me nuts in particular because this is uh, this is a pet peeve of mine as well. When he says people throw around the word rape, people don't use the word rape enough. Instead, it's softened by sexual assault and you don't really understand what what actually happened it was rape it was rape what happened to Paige. it was rape what happened to daisy the other case that happened to audrey was sexual assault different but we need to be very specific when we use those words and call rapists what they are Ugh. Yes. drives me nuts it really irks me you know what we should do remember um inglorious bastards where they carve the Nazi swastika yes. on the face. Yeah. They should carve the word rapist on his forehead. They should well, brand it. Actually, yeah. very interesting that you just said that. This reminds me of, so when we talk about the Audrey case in a little bit um, and what happened there, they called it very much like a, a or really both of them, like the crucible or, um, or no, not the crucible, the scarlet letter. The scarlet like they letter. were, they yeah. wore their, you yeah. know, their, shame on them mm-hmm. and these men don't they just they want to move on as we'll they hear the because sheriff they're not ashamed talk about and also this also irks me because i don't think that this would have happened in the same way had the boys not been white also agreed that's an interesting point mm-hmm. that's a really interesting point and i do not disagree with you mm-hmm I hate to say it, but 
if it was if it was a Latino or an African American, ooh, that kid would be behind bars and his life would be over. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to just like Brock Turner. We don't we don't want to ruin his chance at life or whatever you know they they said about that kid. We don't want to don't want to ruin his career. Someone, Fuck you, Brock Turner. Yeah. God. We've been in quarantine longer than Brock Turner was in jail. Think about that. Think about that. As near as I can tell, the boys are, are the only ones that have decided that they, w- they want to put this behind them. Oh, okay. And, and try to move on with their lives and try to make something I of bet themselves. They do. Oh, they, good for them. Uh, I think that all of them, with the exception of the one that's a juvenile who's still in high school, and I think that he's doing just fine, but I think all They're of doing the boys just fine. are uh, wow. going to college. Did you hear that, Savannah? They're doing just fine. And trying to do better. <laughs> I wonder why they wouldn't want to put this behind them. Like, right? Yeah. They are the ones that committed the fucking crime. Of course they want to sweep it under the rug and, and put it all behind And they're still bragging them. about it. Fucking, if your name starts with A through Z, then you want the D. Put it behind them. We'll put it behind them. We'll put it in front of them. They want to tell everyone. I mean, holy shit, dude. And they're going and to college. You know what? Why are we talking about Audrey and da- now Daisy's suicide? When, you know what? These boys were doing just fine. Isn't that amazing? These boys were doing just fine. Why am I not hearing about their suicides from feeling so because, awful about this? It's because oh. the girls didn't want to put it and put it behind them. I think it has something to do with the fact that in our culture in the United States, and I don't know what it's like all over the world, but, you know, sexual conquest seems to be the pinnacle of achievement. Like, everything is sexualized. And this is not like an abstinence PSA or anything like that. But, you know, like for teenagers, it's like, oh, like for guys, it's like, oh, did you hit that? You're going to hit that. Like it's it's all that's sex. Sex is everything. It was all I mean, I really have to think back on it now because of how long ago it was. But even even through my freshman year of college, it was. All anybody talk about who was having sex and who wasn't having sex and when are you going to have sex or or who's a virgin, who's not a virgin. Like that was all anyone fucking talked about. You know what? It's it's crazy. It still is. Yeah. Like what is it about sex? Why is it sex so magical? Like what is it? It's not. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't know that, but I, you know, like. How does that mean? (laughs) the fuck is not? I'm just going to start jerking it more than. Well, sex isn't magical. I'm going to jerk it. No, I'm just saying like it is not something like kids make it out to be this like. Oh, it's everyone's the trying thing. to grow up too fast and like make it. I don't. I don't or know what it is. There's pressure. There's so yes. much pressure, but and I remember right. being made feel. I remember being made feel felt bad about not having had sex because I was 19, and I remember being made to feel pretty low about myself because I hadn't. Yeah, but you can only have sex with one person because. But when you're growing up in school, in college, whatever, if a girl has sex with one person, then you're you're good. But if you have sex with ten guys, then you're, you're a, a slut. slut. But, oh, if yeah. guys but if have... guys have sex with one girl, then it's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Or but if they if don't he have has... sex at all, then God yeah. forbid. If he yeah. has sex with ten guys, then it's like, wow, dude, you're cool. I want to be like you. Tink. <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I guess now. But I mean, it just Freudian slip. I mean, and I don't think I was ever made to feel bad about not having sex, but it like it's still. I had a roommate in college. She made me feel 
like I was. Well, let me find her. I'll cut a bitch for you. Oh yeah, we we talked about her once. Her name was Nicole. Oh right. And this is one of the one of the real fatal flaws of our society is that it's always it's always the boys, and it's not always the boys. The girls girls have as much much culpability in this world as boys do. So, you know, everybody has to take their part of it, and everybody has to do better. I absolutely agree. In this particular case, though, the crimes were committed by boys. Were they? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) My God. So to top it all off, right? So, I mean, uh, this guy, yeah, he's up for re-election, Missourians. Um, So not only does he say these things, but in an article that I read later, the director says, uh, God, he slipped a note to the camera that said, teenage girls lie. What? That is according to an interview from the director. I mean. And what makes me, what makes me the most mad about him is not just the stuff he says, but that there are men and women who think just like this man. Mm. Oh, that yeah. If if a girl was drinking, it she got it, she got what was coming to her because she was drunk. If it happened and she wasn't drunk, it's because her skirt was too short or she went out mm-hmm. with the wrong guy. She was in a, a bad, the wrong place at the wrong time. It's always their fault. When did the, when did girls, why are we always like the bad person why is it always our fault because guys we look at it just the wrong way like as a society it That's is what i'm saying guys are meant to be the sexual like predator type almost and we are the oh sorry Sally it happened homemaker. to me yeah i saw a, a good twitter meme or whatever um it said Men stop telling girls to go out with better guys, and guys start being better men, or something Ooh, like I that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about about girls with daddy issues. Yeah, why are I mean, girls labeled as having daddy issues when it's the men that that have messed up? Like, I think what really drives this case to the boiling point is they. There was no justice done at all. I mean, they left her out for dead. They raped her. And they got off scot-free. And not only scot-free, but the family was ostracized They were literally run out of town. They were run out of town. They burned burned their house down. I mean, it was technically under suspicious circumstances. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? It it was. (laughs) Suspicious circumstances. Yeah, because oh, who's investigating it? The fucking sheriff. So, yeah. yeah, he's to be trusted. So this, it talks about just how the most longtime residents are connected. And the Barnett family is one of those longtime families. And this article that I found said, when a reporter visited the Maryville police to obtain copies of Zek's arrest record, for instance, the department employee who pulled the file was the mother of one of the five boys at the Barnett home that night. What? That <laughs> just shouldn't even be allowed. If someone's that close to a case, they shouldn't have access to those police records. I mean, they could contaminate the case. 
Um, so one of our favorite stories that we ever did on the Talk Murder podcast, um, author Harry McLean, who spent four years living in Nottaway County while researching In Broad Daylight, his best-selling book on the murder of Skidmore bully Ken McElroy and the town cover-up that followed, mm. said... They do tend to revolve around the influence of several families. All those small towns are like that there. There's four or five or six families that carry the weight. Did you guys know that they did a drunk history episode about the Ken McElroy story? Oh, really? Yeah. That was a fantastic yeah. story. That's the only story that I think we've ever done that we pulled for the killers. And if you guys yes. don't know what we're talking about, the town... There, Nottaway County had a bully, and yes, I mean a bu- an adult bully was bullying all these farmers, and he dies in broad daylight. That's why the book's called Broad Daylight, and the entire town was there because this was in the middle of the day. Everyone's out doing their thing. Everyone sees this guy get shot, but yet nobody sees him get shot when they. When they're interviewed, that they were looking away or, you know, they looked away for just a second or, you know, they didn't get a clear picture of who the shooter was. Everyone they interviewed (laughs) would not admit who shot this guy. (laughs) Um, When it was given a second look, that prosecutor did not feel like she could bring a charge of sexual assault. Um, they, she only was able to press charges or move forward with charges on endangerment of a minor in which Matt Barnett was convicted of and served like two years probation. So basically he got off the hook. And, uh, Paige's rapist did confess and was convicted in juvenile court, but it was only after a second investigation that Daisy's alleged rapist was convicted of the child endangerment. So, like I said, we were able to find um, the Facebook page of one of the men, boys, who were um, who were there and Facebook pages of all the family members. And there is one picture who I feel fairly certain. Yeah, let me see. Is um, is Matt. But he he's d- didn't go to that school and didn't that. But that number, it was not held by anyone that looks remotely like him. It looks like Matt Barnett. We're not here to just talk about Daisy. I do want to also mention Audrey Pot and her story um, because it's another important one to tell. It is another girl who took her own life after uh, this one was a, an assault. So she's 15 years old at Saratoga High. She's a freshman. On September 3rd, 2012, Pot went to a party with about 10 other teenagers and she gets drunk at the party. Now she goes to the party with her very good friend. And unfortunately, her her friend, you know, she at one point took her upstairs to try to get her to lay down and sleep it off. Audrey came back downstairs and at some point the friend left. So at some point, three or more teenagers sexually assaulted Pot. They used markers to draw and write all over her body. And then photographs were taken and and distributed via social media and text. But also, it was interesting, I wish I kind of went into this more on the documentary, that there was also a Yahoo account that was created previously, like this is just an existing standing account by other high schoolers where they view naked photos or partially nude photos of other minors. So they get 
guys or guys will try to get girls to like lift up their shirts or whatever and they take a picture and it goes into like this yahoo account for the saratoga high boys to look at all the pictures so the boys that were interviewed in this part of the documentary only went by john b and john r because they were minors now i do have the names i know who they are i'm going to tell you who the names are um so john b i'm assuming that's based on the last name initial john b is bronson barna and john r is vince rosatano there you have it they're not minors no more they ain't Mm. minors no more now there was another um boy who is also involved and he is uh his name is nicholas cyrus gafori formerly saha gafori so he actually changed his name and i also have the record of him changing his name oh wow geez yeah well, you better change that thing Sleuthin. again, my friend. Yep. Because <laughs> you're getting blasted. Yep. This is John B. and John R., who, again, will say their names, uh, Bronson, Barna, and Vince Rosatano. Those are just douchey names anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bronson. Yo, Bron- yo, Bronson, what's up? Did you just rape that girl, yo? Yo, Bronson. Yo, bro. Yo, bro. Bro. No, they say bruh. I can tell. Bruh. You, did you break that girl, bruh? Group. This bruh. is a bruh group. Bruh. Uh, and for the record, this is a text exchange between you and a friend. Is that right? Yes. So this is I'm going to ask R. you to read from line 18 forward and tell me who's saying what, please, out loud. My friend said, so what went down? Uh, I replied... You can't tell Audrey I told you, okay? My friend said, okay. I sent she passed out and we colored half her face black and colored all over her body like her boobs and it said It said I was here and in her pants by her vagina it said was here. So they wrote their names. Oh my gosh. Leg and had an arrow to her vagina and on her back it said anal and had an arrow down to her ass and there was just a there was just Sharpie everywhere. Everywhere it was hilarious. Ha 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 ha. Oh my god. My friend said, so technically you stripped her and drew everywhere. Uh, I said, not not just me, all the guys. What happened next? I don't remember, but they were saying that there was something inside her, like a marker or something. They weren't sure. And they, they kept wanting me to check. And, and I ended up, yeah, fingering her. This is Vince Rosatano, ladies and gentlemen. What did you see John R. do? Charming guy. Um. Finger. This is Bronson talking. Like. A second. What did Audrey do during that time that she was being fingered by John R.? said harder and she like liked it what how do you know she liked it she was saying harder and laughing so so he's saying this after the other guy admitted that like they drew all over her and like she was not conscious mm-hmm yep how many times did you hear her say harder when John R. was fingering her? Eight. 
eight times. So she said it harder eight times over a period of a second? Yes. How do you do that? Can you say harder eight times within a second right now? Check to the form. Harder, 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 harder. Right. Is it possible to say that within a second? Is this your best estimate? Okay, then she said it twice in a period of time. So she didn't so say it at twice, all? twice, right? Yeah. So do you recall telling the police when asked that you did not finger Audrey at all? Yes. Was that a lie? Yes. Why did you lie to the police? I was scared. I didn't have my parents there or my attorney. I was trying not to get in trouble. Have you done that before? Lying to get out of trouble? Oh. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Legit. <like>. Yeah. <laughs> Good attorney. Yeah. Hells Real good yeah, attorney. Dude. So it would, it's kind of hard to tell who is who, um, but the first one said that he like fingered her to get um, supposedly a marker out of her vagina, and then the other one also admitted to, but said he lied about it at first. So they both said that they did that. What's their names again? Vince Rosatano and Bronson Barna. Ladies and gentlemen, Saratoga High in California. And this guy's married now? Holy Mm-mm. shit. Mm-mm. Um, you know what? Maybe. I guess at first glance, I thought maybe it was his mom. If that's his girlfriend, we need to... I just... thought it was his mom, too. It could be his mom. It looks a little... She looks a little older. The boys were sentenced, like, 30 days of probation because what? they were minors and they got to serve them on weekends. What? Um, And so the parents... Because she killed herself a week later. I mean, she was bullied in high school. She hung herself from the shower. Oh, my God. Um, so it was very, very quick. Oh um, she just couldn't couldn't take it. Her, In her view, her, like, her life was over. So she kills herself. And this all happens where, you know, the kids, the school never expelled them, even though there was a huge petition. So the parents ended up filing a civil suit. And part of the settlement of the civil suit was that they had to be inter- do this interview. For the um, documentary. The justice system is so weird because you really can't, like, get justice for what something something like that. Like, yeah. even giving anyone a, a prolonged sentence doesn't change the fact that this poor girl had to go through that and then, you know, died by suicide a week later. And especially if you had one of the kids admit it, like, reading out a, a text message. And it's like they had Saturday detention for that. Mm-hmm. I know it, it, that it just blows my mind. I just don't understand how. Uh, what's the age of consent in uh, in California? I don't know, but they it was definitely assault. It was just the fact that the boys were minors is why their sentences were so light. I mean, it's a slap on the wrist when you're a minor and she kills herself like a week later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like. It just and the, doesn't... You, ha- you definitely have to watch the documentary um, after this, Jen, because it is, like, they the way that they are talking and they the director at one point asked them, like, what did you learn from this? They're just so fucking smug. It, they didn't learn says, a damn thing. One of them says, well, um, I learned a lot about girls 
And then the detective's like, what What exactly did you learn about girls? And he's like, uh, girls gossip and they, they gossip and guys are just laid back. That's what they learned. After this girl, I killed herself because you and your buddy fingered her and wrote all over her body and took pictures of it. You learned that uh, girls gossip and guys are laid back. What have you learned about girls? Um, I mean, girls, you know, they, they gossip, really. <laughs> There's a lot of gossip between girls. And, uh, you know, um, guys are more laid back and don't really care. And now you're on Facebook with that wife or whoever that probably doesn't even know might this. be his mommy. It might be his mommy because that might be the only woman who will love you. And if you hear this, try to come after us, man. Try to get us for slander. We'll fucking oh. put your name all over the fucking universe if you do that. It's not slanderous. It's true. Mm. Please, please, if you really want to get famous, fucking send me an email. John at talk murder motherfucker dot net. Or dot com. John at talkmurder.com. <laughs> he like started typing out John Murder. Like, Talkmurdermotherfucker.net. Is that, is that mother with an A or with an ER? Or is it with a U? I think you can register that. <laughs> Talkmurdermotherfucker.net. Yes. It's probably still available. <laughs> but, anyways, is there something you want to say, Nicole? If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast, want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join, become a Taco Supremo, get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love, shout it out all over the place, tell me what story you want me to do. John will research it and dedicate it to you right here on the Talk Murder to Me podcast. My name is Nicole here with Jen, John, and Savannah. And until next time, good night, Audrey and Daisy.